0: City University Television presents The American Theatre Wing Seminars
1: Working in the Theatre This seminar, production American Theatre Wing is working in the theater seminars coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Created by Isabel Stevenson, these seminars are now in their 31st year, giving us an opportunity to learn from the professionals as they share their experiences in working in the theater. Today's seminar is on world theater. Our panelists are artists who provide the creative heart of the theater, and we'll learn just what they do and discover how the magic of theater is created worldwide. I'm Roy Somlio, President of the American Theatre Wing. Now I'd like to introduce our moderator for the seminar, founder of the Eugene O'Neill Theatre Center, executive director of the Johnny Mercer Foundation, and longtime friend of the American Theatre Wing, George White. Thank you, Roy.
2: It's a great pleasure to be surrounded by these global luminaries, as I may say. Uh, and I would like to start by introducing uh, our panel today. On my uh, right, far right is, uh, which is not a political statement, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on my far right is uh, representing, I guess, Ireland. Wouldn't you say would be the best?
3: M- maybe I those th- islands. Maybe I the islands. <laughs> okay, the islands. The Northern <laughs> Islands.
2: Uh, Fiona Shore, uh who is uh, currently uh, represented uh, on uh, Broadway by Medea, and. Uh, and next to her is uh, a gentleman from uh, the People's Republic of China, Mr. Xu Shao, um, and uh, on my immediate right is Marita Lindholm-Gatchman, uh is Swedish, but also let us say uh, represents Nordic theater, so uh, that uh, she covers a, a large. Uh, Part of oh. the n- the northern hemisphere that way.
4: That's five. Five. just five, five. Five. Yes. No, okay, there we
2: are. My immediate left <laughs> is Elise Toran, who uh, is uh, uh, from this country, but is a citizen of the world and has worked in theater uh, in Russia, in uh, Ireland, and a great deal of times so had a lot of time in in Holland in Amsterdam. And uh, on her immediate left is Valeri Fokin, who. Uh, is from the Meyerhole Center in, in Moscow, representing the, uh, uh, Russia, if you will. And uh, on his immediate left is Anatoly Smolyansky, also fr- – well, we say the Russian Federation. That'll sound like two different places, but, <laughs> but anyway. So uh, that is our distinguished panel today. I must say that our two friends from Russia uh, are appearing here uh, <coughs> thanks to the generosity and courtesy of Fordham University the Trust for Mutual Understanding, and the New York State Council on the Arts, for which we're very grateful for their help and support. I think I'd like to start, if I may – Fiona, uh, starting with you, Um, there's much we will and should talk about, but perhaps um, we should begin by pointing out – I mean, since you have worked in the islands, including Australia, which is a very large (laughs) island, (laughs) <laughs> um, but um, how uh, – the similarities and differences, and perhaps we could begin by talking about training a little bit, because I know that although in many, many cases here – and we have uh, uh, the leading, <coughs> perhaps, authority on Stanislavski in the world, Mr. Smolyansky, but – Uh, Not all of us are children of Stanislavski or trained that way, and perhaps you could begin this way. We'll go from there.
3: Well, the uh, training is probably uh, connected to uh, what you began with, which is, what are the differences or similarities between world theatre? And I suppose all theatre um, is the live display of the preoccupations of the psyche of that country. That's the, uh, that's its aspiration. It very rarely is that, of course, because it immediately gets hijacked, either by politics or by training or by uh, commerce. Um, so you know, you might say, in America, the preoccupations of the theatre are about um, financial and political success versus the... Uh, nature of emotional failure in the family. So you produce the most extraordinary family dramas, where everybody is (coughs) becoming president, but somehow there's a catastrophe in the middle. And Russia, of course, has given us this remarkable um, investigation into the um, universality of the way in which somebody moves a coffee cup and um, how, in in a gesture, the entire world changes, depending on the intention. I have no idea what China gives us. But in terms of training, I just know that um, the the great schools of training that have survived into the 21st century and very little has survived, the theatre is in a very difficult place, is is when it is underpinned by the will of a government. And for that, you do need time, you need terribly good teachers, and you need a notion of scholar of scholarships or endowment. And um, if training is purely financially based, then you only have the children of often the privileged upper classes being trained, and so the theatre only has those preoccupations. It, 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 I, the best training is when everybody in the community has an opportunity to be trained, if they wish to be.
2: Great. Well, uh, since you brought up China, uh, uh, Mr. Xiao, if Mm -hmm. I may, tell us what you feel that, for instance, the role of uh, the theater is now in China as it, you know, is evolving so quickly. Uh, I know a few years ago, one of the most controversial dramas was "Red Skirts" are popular in the streets, and that was quite some time ago. But now. what is the role? How is theatre? Is it growing in China? I know you're doing musicals now that were not done before, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about how that's working.
5: Okay. And Ch- Chinese people take the theatres uh, in a much broader sense. It used to, you know, it, it, focuses everyth- it comp- encompasses everything together. Say, for instance, the musicals, the the drama. The uh, they, they have a local kind of opera, which called called and also Xichu. xiqu means uh, uh, it's hard to translate something like you know uh, operas grand operas or local operas it depends on the dialects we have uh, different kinds of dialects uh, quite varied and also they have a uh, it's more like a, s- uh, a storytelling or uh, with a little bit of singing talking that kind of thing so if they take it into a very um, a broad sense And it dates back long history, say, 900 years (laughs) ago. So um, it it has developed kind of uh, uh, more entertaining than, (laughs) as well as uh, uh, educating uh, a tool, also a kind of uh, uh, art form. So the people nowadays uh, even enjoy a wider scope of uh, theaters nowadays. They imported kind of. Say art forms from outside, like the uh, uh, the drama, the play, which is uh, quite modern to the Chinese, because when the ancient uh, theater form is uh, singing, dancing, and storytelling put together, so it purely just uh, uh, speaking, telling a, a play is something new for the Chinese. Although it has. Probably uh, uh, eighty years old. Well, that that was in
2: the twenties, where it was really yeah, first nin- 1990s, yes, that's, that's, right, right. that's so right. So you really have the traditional opera and the traditional kind of entertainment, yeah. And the, also the well, I don't know if you want to say western drama, but spoken drama that has evolved since the twenties.
5: Yeah, like that's that. right, that's right. And also like the musicals, American musicals. <coughs> the many Chinese love that that kind of things, and also some other theater forms. So uh, now we have a mixture of uh, both modern and ancient, both uh, traditional and, uh, and the n- new creations, so uh, both in form and in uh, contents, which uh, uh, for, the, for the Chinese people, they think that they need that kind of
2: many. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, Marita, uh, in terms of Nordic theatre, yes. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, I mean, there, there's of course a great long tradition uh, there. What would you say? Uh, you would take any any country uh, uh, of the five you're talking about, but and of course, I know you've been working a great deal with Lars Naren, who is probably the. I would think, the greatest living uh, Swedish playwright right. uh, today, uh, in, uh, and power, a powerhouse over there, mm-hmm. virtually unknown in this country. Exactly. Um, what would you say the role of uh, the theatre, starting in Sweden uh, and then also in the Nordic countries, would be is, uh, other than, obviously, beyond entertainment?
4: Well, I wanted to pick up on training. Good. I mean, I think we have to train audiences. And I think that was understood in the Nordic countries early. We, we, we started early in the school system to bring good theatre to the kids. We have good playwrights writing for children, way from three years, and then going up. Uh, I think that is where, where do you draw the audiences otherwise. So training t- for audiences is one thing, How and How do you do that?
2: Just bear uh, to uh, jump in here for
4: a moment. How do you do it?
2: How you train kids?
4: Uh, you bring them in to see wonderful things. You bring them in to see the great uh, actors and actresses uh, uh, with doing good plays about important issues, that uh, but on their level, and they get hooked. You know, they want to go back. Uh, training in the theater is very serious in all the Nordic countries, and uh, that is a whole other issue. But you. <sighs> Thousands of people try to get into the royal schools, for instance, and uh, two or three are accepted uh, every year. So there are private schools and there are coaches, but very, very different from uh, the American system in theatre training.
2: And getting into the the (laughs) the theatre school is not dependent on your amount of money you or your parents have, is that?
4: Oh, no, no. No. Once, if you are in, uh, it's paid for. That education is paid for. You do not pay for that, and it's a uh, three to five year education. And when you end up, you usually have a job. That's that, something. That's, that's the <laughs> idea. Very <different> from that. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole idea.
2: Which is why it's so selective, and they're so right.
4: Few. Right, exactly. They don't want to have too many highly trained <laughs> actors uh, because they want them to work.
2: Waiting on tables. Oh, that's right. Or driving cabs. So that's.
4: Oh, yeah. that, that's
2: that's. <laughs> um, uh, I don't necessarily go go around if anyone wants to add to this uh, leap in, but I, I wanted to ask Elise since you have uh, you are American, but you've worked in so many different um, cultures, and you've been in China and you've uh, been in in Russia and Ireland and, and Amsterdam and and England. Uh, from an American perspective, uh, d- would you like to, you know, give us your feeling about the, your view of the different how you've been affected or how you've seen from your point of view? These different kinds of cultures, uh, the theater cultures, if you will.
0: Uh, I, w- in w- one sense, they're uh, radically radically different in their means of training and means of um, uh, means of working and what uh, what uh, an an actor will will bring um, with them as a way of working on a role. I think the most. Startling experience I had was in, uh, was in Dublin working with an Irish actress named Olin Fuers uh, and a No Master, um, Akira Slan. And my uh, stereotypical conception was that the No Master was going to be very abstract in his approach. This was all about playing the role of Georgia O'Keeffe and that the Irish actress was going to be much more coming from the tradition of Stanislavski or something that I was familiar with. And it turned out to be completely the opposite, in that the No Master was much more interested in biographical specificities, in, uh, in actually taking on the challenge of playing this character or, uh, of O'Keeffe. And he was doing it in mask, and he was doing it in no form. Uh, And that uh, Owen said to me, I will never play O'Keeffe. We're going to have to come up with a completely abstract approach for my playing another person. And so that one's um, kind of preconceptions are also uh, toppled. Uh, in the most delicious way in working in a cultu- cross cultural setting, uh, which is why I think I keep doing it again and again, is that you realize that it is s- uh, very much about about individuals and um, and that you cannot kind of walk into a room and have any assumptions whatsoever so I offer that.
2: Um, Told uh, you, and uh, and no, and uh, Well, we we've we together. He's first. Together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's Michael. He's I'm Stanislavski. <laughs> <no>. That's right. <laughs> uh, all three of you are two people. Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, it, uh, I have seen, and and you know, because you've lived through it, the change, uh, large change in the role, perhaps, of theater in Russia uh, since 1991, 92. Well, we could talk about a couple of things. First of all, the training has remained pretty much uh, the same, and you've had a great deal, I know, to do with training, both of you. Uh, perhaps you could talk about that and how the roles of, of theater in the last, let's say, twelve years have changed in Russia. Either of you can talk about that. <laughs> <mind? laughs>
6: Strelisovsky was the first. Strelisovsky is the first. the <laughs> yeah. first.
7: I will answer on the first half of the question, not about training, because probably Valerie would answer about the training and what happened with the training. What Nothing mm-hmm. happened with the training. Uh, but with the uh, place of the theatre in the country, of course, a lot of things are happened, because uh, there is no country called Soviet Union. There is no theatre called Soviet Theatre. There is no many, many things which we grow up there. So what's the place? To make the story short, that guy, in 87, he was artistic director of Yermolov's Theatre, just across the Tverskaya Street, former Gorky Street, also a great change in Russian life, and Moscow Art Theatre, and across the street is the Yermolov's Theatre. And Valery was one of the first who did a show, very famous that time in 87, called Speak Up. And then... um, in the same building where Valery was working that time, on the first floor, it was the first cooperative restaurant in Moscow. After that famous show, they also called them "Speak Up." It was a time of "Speak Up." In uh, that way, we started. Now, if you see the same building, Yermolov's, rest, uh, Yermolov's theater, on the same floor, it's in the same place. Is a restaurant called. Mexican food, <laughs> uh, La, Cantina. <laughs> La Cantina. And if you would like to ask me, what's the, what's the historical distance between what was in Soviet Union and what we have now? is the distance between Speak Up and La Cantina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Uh,
6: yes.
7: Then, Valeri will talk about the professional things, which are really what, uh, what happened with the training, with the theatre, mm-hmm. with understanding the of theatre, which is the most
6: important thing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, мне кажется, что вопрос тренинга – это вообще очень сложный вопрос.
0: The of is a very
6: Дело в том, что очень много uh, разных последователей в разных странах, в том числе и в России, которые пытаются uh, говорить о Мирхольде,
0: тренироваться как
6: Мирхольд или как Станиславский.
0: There are many, there are many followers of Meyer in all countries, in, in Russia as well, of Meyerhold and Stanislavsky. People who are trying to train like Meyerhold, train
6: like Stanislavsky.
0: And in, on the whole, it has no relationship to what the reality of uh, Meyerhold and Stanislavsky are.
6: А потом, как, как определить, имеет это отношение это
0: или нет? В конце not.
6: концов, нельзя им позвонить по внутреннему телефону you и you узнать их.
0: Вли- in, in, in Very long
7: uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
6: вы понимаете, uh, имя Мерхольда сегодня очень модное.
0: Meyerhold is a very fashionable name right now
6: I, I now.
0: go to Spain to Seville
6: тут come, come,
0: come to our studio we're working in bio with biomechanics and I come and
6: see fifteen, кругу, вот вот, and see 3
0: 15 uh, Spanish actors running in a circle for three hours. <literally scroll graphics> and they say, "Look, you see, this is biomechanics." I say,
6: "Yes." For the purpose of warming up. It's good warm up. Of course, it's
0: a very vulgar example.
6: But it's true. Это true. Uh, mm-hmm. поэтому mm-hmm. я думаю, что вообще тренинг, это, э, тренинг тренинги должны быть разные.
0: So I think that training, training be, uh, very
6: И должны, uh, каждый тренинг должен иметь отношение к тому спектаклю, который ты делаешь mm-hmm. в данный момент.
0: And each training uh should relate to the production that you or the work that you're doing in that Спектакль рождает потребность в том или ином тренинге. So that the production uh, gives birth to the need of training. Нельзя
6: Станиславским открывать каждую пьесу. So Это you absurd. can't
0: open uh, each play with Stanislavsky. That's absurd.
6: Есть мутачество виславский. Да, в театре.
0: same thing about
6: Мюрхольд. The
0: what's wonderful about theaters that there are many doors. <laughs> and, and many roads.
6: поэтому интересно всегда, когда эти дороги пересекаются. So
0: what's interesting is when these roads cross. So, I, uh, to say this training is better, uh, is best in the world. I, I can't do that.
7: Can I add something to what Valerie said about yeah. the training? Probably, it would be good for other people to pick it up. A uh, couple of days ago, I had an experience uh, back in uh, Cambridge, where I'm teaching at ART uh, with the students, and uh, I was uh, honored to be part of the rehearsal of Anne Bogart, which is. Uh, she's doing there now, the Le Dispute uh, Marivaux in uh, ART. And the students of the institute is uh, there in the show. And uh, every rehearsal, she starts with the warming up stuff. And she's using, as you probably know, um, a Tadashi Suzuki technique, uh, because he's a co founder of their um, uh, theater uh, with Anne. And uh, she uses also the viewpoint technique. And the students, then we have had a class after the rehearsal. And I dis- did ask the students, guys, how do you understand what, what, why and what are you doing when you are stamping in a manner of Tadashi Suzuki, like that? You didn't ask me to do it, but uh, about the <laughs> microphone, but sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, I will not get <laughs> it, you know, on my present. Uh, and uh, because of Stanislavski, who said, uh, wh- why did I ask them? Because Stanislavski had a very strange meaning about the physical training of an actor. Which is, everybody knows that physical training is so important, so important. But that guy who was very religious, by the way. And this is the ground of the whole stuff, of the ideal theatre, of the ideal school, of the ideal actor and everything. the, The ground is the religion for him. And he converted the religious ideas into something. Moscow Art Ideal Theater, you know, and he had a very strange meaning about the physical exercises and so on and once he said, all of the physical exercises and development of the physical body of an actor harmful if it has not a spiritual task. Don't do it. It would will, it will ruin you. Any kind of physical training without spiritual task. It was a question about how to use, you know, now we, are, we have a global Uh, stuff, we can go to Japan, we can go to (laughs) Ireland, we can go everywhere to learn, to study, and to use it. We can combine viewpoints, Suzuki, Valery Fokin, uh, together with Stanislavski. But the point is, he's absolutely right. What's, what's What's the ideal? What's the spiritual goal of any kind of training? And we lost it. Because Stanislavski was afraid of that. When he started so-called American word, method, he n- never used the method system. I don't know you converted it into method. And uh, when he started doing the method in 1906, he had a nightmare about the future of the method which actually happened here and in Russia, of course. The nightmare was about, he saw in his, ni- in, in his dream a class of students sitting there. And very well-shaped teacher, it's a metaphor of a mediocre, very (laughs) well-shaped, for Stanislavski, not for me, I am very Um, well-shaped. very well-shaped teacher is asking asking one of the students, Mr. Ivanov, Ivanov is the most popular Russian last name, Ivanov, tell me about the method and the organic, you know, elements of acting. Ivanov stand up and started, you know, something, you know, saying about method and acting and so on. And that the nightmare. He waked up and started screaming and crying.
1: Stop it!
7: Throw out all of my books which I wrote. <laughs> Don't allow I punished enough. It's a n- in a night dream. Don't allow mediocre teachers to take advantage of my mistake. I <laughs> punished enough. <laughs> out all of my books. It's a night dream. But it came true. Here also in the States, I talked to Anne Bogart. She is, uh, in her book, Director Prepares, she's talking a lot about what happened with Stanislavski here. How did he affect American theater in the wrong way? How did they use Stanislavski in the Soviet Union to kill the new art and so on and so on? We have to understand it. We have to admit it to get the real Stanislavski, what Valery says about yeah. the same thing without Meyer, uh, with Meyerhold now. We killed Meyerhold first, then we canonized him now. <laughs> and you know what's the best <laughs> way of killing the artist? To canonize him.
1: <laughs> That's right. Perfect. Uh, that you know, today, George, uh, and, and you should know, most actors do not say, I'm, uh, I'm a method actor anymore in this country, whether they're part of this nightmare or, or otherwise. Uh, they'll say, that's part, of a, that's part of a total approach to acting, the method. But we don't call ourselves method actors. And we've done many panels here with, yes, with, yes, with performers, with and process. they deny what – what 20 years ago was, was, uh, I think, when Marlon Brando was the personification of the American method. That's totally faded now, and people never say that, that they are method actors in this country. How about in Ireland? Uh,
3: In Ireland, I wouldn't have thought they say they're method actors. No. I, I mean, actually, I was thinking about the turn of the century being the most important uh, sort of residual power that still dominates us, the, uh, I mean, the turn of the 19th century. And Ellen Terry saying, there are only three eyes in, in, in acting, which is imagination, imagination, imagination. <laughs> and actually, probably the same thing is true now, that any dominant philosophy, be it Meyerholz or Stanislavski, becomes corrupt in a minute, because the mm. moment changes. But very basic things do remain the same. Imagination, because Mm -hmm. in the imagination, there is no politic. In the imagination, everything is Mm -hmm. possible. The unacceptable is acceptable. You explore the world in the imagination. And really, uh, training could also hijack us into this notion of that training must be this or must be that. What is interesting about training is that the preoccupations, again, of each country come out in the training. And I think just from what you said, that the interesting thing about Stanislavski being entirely hijacked by, and and misplacedly hijacked in America, was the notion in America that you could do something exactly right, if you could do the training exactly right. So if you could say, my conscious thought is this, and my unconscious thought is that, when actually none of us know our unconscious (laughs) thought. That is the point of it. (laughs) Um, You can only explode the moment and try and release meanings for others, not tell them the meanings in advance. Yeah, that's true.
2: Marita, you also mentioned something that went, uh, uh, which went by very quickly, but I wanted to uh, bring it up when you say uh, important issues, oh, and uh, you know, and because this comes, I mean, uh, as, as Fiona was saying, and, uh, and both of uh, you know, uh, our Russian friends mentioned too. Obviously, the training, well, the, the issues inform the training, and perhaps vice versa. Tell us a little bit about. That in Nordic theater, because I, I've known for years, it's had a well. Tell us. Uh,
4: oh, that's a, that's a big one. That's <laughs> why <weird. Oy>. I. <laughs> um, I think I have to go uh, a little narrower here and go into the playwright I know best. Who is this? We call him now the our new Strindberg, Lars Norén. He has been the most uh, prolific and also probably the most important playwright in the Nordic countries in the, for the last thirty years. But I, I, do, I know that we have a director that we both know, Bjorn Milander, who had to, in a way, uh, come up with a new way of working on Noreen's plays, I mean, uh, to help the actors. So here, we come in with. Uh, how do you approach something that is uh, written by a true original? And where, really, uh, it's the tip of the iceberg that's the line, and everything else is somewhere else and you have to find it. Uh, I uh, I think that – well, I I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that, for Bjorn, in the beginning, he had to write out the other thought. I'm not calling it the – but it is the unfinished thought that goes underneath <laughs> the line that is being said. Th- that helped the actors. They could use that if they wanted to, but they could also say, that's not what I want to work on here. But it was a w- way of helping to find, to go deeper, to come up with the unique moment. and. Uh, uh, whether the uh, I, I think this comes to then the director and the relationship between director and playwright and uh, I am not sure that uh, one can even call it a te- technique it 's a it 's it's, it's a love affair <laughs> in a way uh, it is bringing uh, a group of people together to start to believe and think in the same way, and then explore. Now we come to the other thing, and maybe, Fiona, you know more about this, but it's a length of time to prepare. For, uh, a Swedish actors demand, I mean, they, they, if they have, a, like your big role now, they would ask to, to know that they are doing it at least six months in advance, mm-hmm. just to uh, sit with it, to think about it, to mm-hmm. let it sink down. The idea of getting yeah. a script, and then rehearsing for uh, three
3: weeks, and then, I mean, uh, it, it's unheard of. you' uh, make a very <coughs> interesting point, I think, that goes beyond training, but goes into what's exciting about your writer. Is that when a writer comes and just puts something there, and nobody knows how to go near it, it's a very, very challenging and exciting moment. Because too much of the theatre is about the history of the theatre. And a new thing needs a new method. And uh, I, when I worked... Uh, doing this Medea that I've been involved with here in Ireland, was that the Irish theatre had a group of actors entirely trained for Irish plays. They were not, all of them being the exception, mm-hmm. actually, but that they were not really, uh, their imaginations were not geared towards an international imagination. And that um, must be doubly interesting, when in fact it's a local imagination that's just challenging the local performers. I think that must be terribly exciting, trying to find the way in, you know. Yes. And you're right about time. I mean, time is here. Mm-hmm. Time is money. So yes. I, I was at a conference in London recently where American actors were talking about the ex- Shakespearean excitement of playing Shakespeare after just three weeks of responding to the text. <laughs> Impossible <Right>. to <laughs> us in, in, in
4: English,
3: <laughs> Right. I, I can't read it in three weeks. <laughs> but, but <laughs> right. But right George, exactly. Doesn't
1: that doesn't that open a discussion yeah. of what is the purpose of theatre? I think if the purpose of the theater is commercial, then you can understand why three to six weeks may be commercial. But don't you think that there's a difference of purpose of the theater in, in each of the countries in China, What is the purpose of, uh, of the theater?
2: Beyond uh, the entertainment, which is the traditional. I know that uh, in, in, the, in the plays of Cao Yu, which go back to the mm-hmm. 1920s, I think he first wrote yeah.: that. Uh, and but I think things that like is savage land, which is a, quite an indictment mm-hmm. then of the feudal system that existed in mm-hmm. the 1920s but now i know that the the so-called whether it's western drama since the 20s uh, I, I think china, china has the traditional and the the new the more modern the, ones yeah yes. well let's say modern what would you say is the is the role the purpose of that modern theater for your society today mm-hmm. in china okay
5: so it has to uh, uh, we have to see it uh, according to the uh, historical background in the nineteen twenties and thirties, there was a revolution. So, uh, traditional theaters at the time, although they were educating and they were uh, kind of uh, recreational, but people found that they needed they needed a kind of something, which, uh, like uh, the uh, German uh, director said, was speak out and to to shout to to voice their uh, voice their opinions. So they thought that. They needed, needed some kind of new forms of art, and they used that. As, and I have to admit that we were strongly influenced by Russia, by Europe, and by America as well, uh, in, in forming those uh, new, new kind of uh, uh, theaters. Sometimes we labeled it as imported art forms, but not necessarily so. Now we take it for granted that we have a mixture of. Uh, those uh, different art forms are very diversified. So talking about nowadays, people think that the, uh, still the tradition is very strong, still there. Say, for instance, we have uh, like the uh, uh, it's a theater, more traditional theater form, which still has uh, 365 or something kinds of those uh, theaters. And they have uh, 1,500 professional groups which can serve both as uh, presenters, producers, or like the uh, uh, educators. They, they train trainers. They, they train their own uh, uh, students or actors or directors themselves. Each group can train uh, those things. So they stick, stick to their very traditional way of uh, doing things. And also, they have a, a traditional repertoire this is very strong, still very, probably still the, the strongest part of the, of the theatre.
2: And what role do you think, because of course Chinese, there's uh, Chinese a great tradition of film in China as well, going mm-hmm. way back to the mm-hmm. silent days. Uh, but what would you say, if you were to sort of sum up the role beyond entertainment that the theatre plays in China today for the Chinese society?
5: Yeah. So I wish to go on to say, even for those very traditional forms, they – had a very uh, very important role to play was to educate people. By I, I mean the education is that that time, still many, many people were illiterate and they, they wish to know the history. So say, for instance, for the Peking Opera, which is very, very well known outside China, it has got a repertoire of uh, 1800 uh, programs. Most of them were historical uh, stories uh, telling mm-hmm. a particular period of time of the history. So that's to tell, tell the younger generations what, is happen- what has happened in the past. So it was uh, very strongly educational at that time, mm-hmm. and also recreational. But now, um, I think more recreational than education nowadays, uh-huh. but still the education is there. Uh, for not only for the traditional ones, as you mentioned, and uh, also the uh, modern ones, uh, well, there is uh,
2: an education in terms of issues too, as I've seen in China.
5: Uh, you mean the social issues, or you mean yeah, social the issues, whatever yes. the other issues? Yeah, yes. social issues. Yeah. 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 Either social issues or some other issues as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell the stories. Say, for instance, like the uh, we once we put on the issue s- the death of a salesman. It's an American yes, play. Yes. Yeah, so they. For the uh, Chinese audience, they wish to know what is happening in U.S. and uh, and what people are thinking about. You know, they want to know what is happening outside and what these people outside China they think and they live. You know, how they do that. So it's a kind of very interesting thing for them, mm-hmm. and they get to uh, they have practiced the opening policy for twenty years now, and mm-hmm. and they are still going. I'd like to pick yeah. up on, on yeah. that,
4: because I think that <coughs> what I have sensed here in, uh, in America is, is that the curiosity about the rest of the world may not be as great. Uh, coming from small countries now, of mm. course, we have to look outside. You come from a very big country. But there's a, there has to be a curiosity why th- to go and see foreign play. and. Uh, well if we are here we have to be honest there are very few foreign plays uh, being uh, produced in America we, we know that especially foreign plays from uh, countries where they are written in a different language uh, they may come from Ireland or Australia or places where they write in English but it's very hard uh, to to get something going from a foreign country so i thought it was I'm, yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear that there's curiosity about the rest of the world. <laughs> well, I think that's that's right. gonna so be the whole
2: <laughs> that, that's true, <laughs> the, the the curiosity oh. factor, uh, and I think at least you can speak to that wha- right. the way you have been accepted and in other countries as opposed to you being an American. What we do here, because I know you've been literary manager at the American Place, and and because you've been in that position, but the attitudes t- in American theater. Has been very different, I would think. You've run into than what well, you've I th- actually I think.
0: You can probably <laughs> talk about that very, <laughs> <I'm honest. laughs> very well. W- some of the work that I've done I- I- is uh, is with George White and uh, in bringing Americans to Russia and to work uh, I- to work on all manner of exchanges. Um, and it is I- it is usually such an eye-opening experience for the American actors uh, to go and be a part of another culture, to see plays in another language, in Russian. Um, in part, because I think the, that, uh, th- that there's not that much, I would agree, there's not that much kind of foreign um, material within American theatre. That said, one of the programs that I've worked at starting at American Place is is an educational program called Literature to Life that takes works of literature on uh, the high school reading list of uh, New York City public high schools and turns them into very simple uh, adaptations, uh, literary adaptations, but performed by wonderful actors. Um, And that is opening American high school students up. To, uh, to see their curiosity for, um, for theatre and for uh, different texts, I mean, ranging from The House on Mango Street to Richard Wright's Black Boy um, to – I mean, we have many different, uh, different, different novels that have become theatre, and they are some of the most curious American audiences, um, and discovering sort of literature that is generated in the United States. Um, but uh, – so there's a kind of cross-cultural excitement, I'd say, within the United States in certain sections of the <laughs> theatre. Um, but it doesn't necessarily involve bringing right. international work
3: here.
1: I think that's typical of uh, America throughout it, all our areas. We, uh, we impose our language, and have been reluctant to learn other languages – I'm as guilty as anybody on that. And. Uh, Yet we expect others to uh, ac- accept our cultural contribution. Look what's happening in Russia, where now we're exporting uh, – m- maybe you could address that – Are exporting musicals to you, the Broadway musical, for I example. I
7: have no chance to see your musical in Moscow, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, Chicago there and 42nd Street uh, uh, every day. But it's not a real part of uh, Russian culture, believe me. It's a kind of uh, business idea to get money, which is Russia now about, uh, like China. Uh, it's very interesting that uh, in China, the educational purpose, which is part of the any, uh, I would say, strong ideological uh, system which we had and you had and still probably uh, have more than Russia. Russia is in pieces now. Uh, but uh, what comes after their great ideology? Because uh, you know in the beginning of this century we had a book uh, written by great Russian philosopher Vasily Rozanov entitled uh, When the bosses are gone. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so the bosses are really gone and uh, what comes uh, after their great ideology, great ideas, great utopias? You call it recreation theatre. Uh, you know what? In 1919, uh, during the Civil War, the fa- one of the founders of the Moscow Art Theatre, Nemirovich Danchenko, his name, very difficult last name, two last names together, but very important man, believe me, uh, unknown here. But he is equal to Stanislavski, because they both founders of the theatre and uh, 40 years of friendship. <laughs> uh, and laugh <love> and everything. <laughs> so uh, when they lost half of the company, because the one of ten, twelve best actors went to Europe, and it became clear that Moscow theater cannot exist anymore, they started discussing Stanislavski and Nemirovich: what should be staged now? What kind of repertoire? Stanislavski has an idea to stage great things immediately, Byron, you know, stuff, and so on. Nimirovich, who was much more clever, not much more talented, it's different things, but real producer, he said, no, we should put on now an operetta. In 1919, in the middle of the war, and he said, look at the history of the world theatre. Look at the history of the French Revolution and what they had after the revolution. What left after the revolution in France? Operetta. Because of what? People need an art of consolation now. Not of propaganda but of consolation. This is the period which we experience now. It is not about entertainment only. It's a new, it's a reaction to the great ideologies. It, it's a reaction to the great ideological system. This is a reaction to the great utopia and all of that stuff people seek of. Entertainment, consolation in Chicago, 42nd Street, whatever you, just <laughs> get rid of ideology. Get rid of the political theater by the way also. No credentials. If you would come with some great political issues which you love here, to Russia
1: nobody would come to see it this is a paradox of freedom mm. but is any of this or isn't all of it related to commerce i mean <laughs> I, I, in, in, no, our, in no, this country no, in this country i think that uh, our theater is directly related to, to commerce and you don't sense that they're bringing in you dis- you're a bit dismissive and i don't blame you of, of bringing in 42nd street or chicago but that's commerce, is it?
7: Not you know, commerce, I saw a couple of days ago with my daughter uh, a Chicago movie.
1: Hmm?
7: Probably it's a, a commerce also, but it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Oh. With incredible acting, with incredible, with incredible joy of life. A couple of days before Chicago, I saw a Russian movie in the Museum of Fine Arts, with a very avant-garde Russian woman uh, um, uh, director, Kira Muratova, uh, called The Chikovian Motifs. Which is so depressed. If you want to be depressed, <laughs> go to see <this> Russian movies. <laughs> if you have not enough here, go to see Russian movies. <laughs> and especially interesting when you see together the Czechovian motifs of Kira Muratova and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago is also not about the great life
1: prison, killings, all of that stuff. But what comes out of it? A great song. <laughs> well, I, you know, there's nothing, commerce doesn't exclude art. I mean, Medea, which is uh, a, a great, great success now, how could you get anything more artistic than that, And particularly in this, this, this presentation? It's commercial, but it's pure It's pure Greek theatre, performed by the, uh, the, uh, the Abbey Theatre. I think that's wonderful, when you can mix art and commerce. And com-
3: yes, I'm not sure you can, actually. <laughs> We've been very supported by some fantastic people. But I think there's a very interesting point that I'm just – as you speak, What happens when somewhere, a country that has an enormous ideology, is then replaced by this entertainment for a moment? What happens their artistic future? Because one might worry that actually in America, after 1929, or whenever you think this 42nd Street culture of musicals really took off, the 40s and 50s and the 60s, we're still waiting for the big big moment in American theatre. And I think actually we 've been very lucky that Medea is a, a moment of tragedy in, uh, in a city that is in the moment of tragedy, so actually, you do need tragedy at the moment of terror as well as as well as comedy
7: if you 're able to do it uh, yes if you have enough courage to do it yes
3: and, but the audience do seem to want it too. It answers something about compassion. something about seeing suffering on a stage can make you feel better about the suffering in your life. Um, however, that absolutely goes against your story, which is what <laughs> about <risky>, <laughs> Chicago <laughs> being at least a big blast.
2: Yeah. You know? Well, now, uh, to continue, Fiona, for a minute, too, I was interested uh, about all the and, and history, I think, obviously, again, informs our theatre. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Abbey and its history. I mean, it, in a sense, when you think of people like Lady Gregory and, and Yeats and all, all these people that were political animals, God knows, uh, Maud Gunn, all of those people. And the Abbey had a, 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 a very strong, wouldn't you say, political bent then. Then, what happened? Maybe you can, and then, what happened since, you know,
3: Yes. That. I mean, the, the, the Abbey, very like the Moscow Art Theatre, and, exactly. you know, and probably, I don't know, but probably the Peking Opera, have been trading on a kind of success of a moment that is long turned into another moment. And this is the dangerous thing, that actually all our cultures are retrospective. We We praise what we already know, not really the new. It's much harder to see the new than to, you know, praise something in the past. So, you're right. In a way, the Abbey Dangerously became a conservative symbol of Ireland, because it became institutionalized. It is always a problem for the theatre. It should always have an element of the renegade. It should always have an element of the... The person off the edge. It should always have the writer who writes the impossible play. As soon as things become institutionalized, it becomes the establishment, and the establishment is not where the future lies. I think the Abbey
2: did go through a kind of a rough time as being literally sort of rather dusty, and, and that's changed. But what changed it?
3: I, I, I think it's just changing now. I think mm. what's changed it is that um, I was very interested that the Chinese audience still go to be educated. I think what happened in Ireland is people can see the movie of Chicago, and, and the theatre has to be terribly competitive now and has to answer people's lives, which are much broader than they were. I think, quite simply, people are seeing things beyond their country boundaries, and so they need a theatre to respond to that kind of uh, experience.
2: Well, also, in the last 10 years, Ireland has changed,
3: deal mm-hmm. too. Uh, Ireland is, has become, you know, America <laughs> in <laughs> 10 years. It's, everybody's almost got American accents there now. It's incredible. And <laughs> <laughs> um, people are pulling in cigars. But I think the very Points point said earlier, but I wish we could all see more of... Other people's theatre. I think I wish American plays would come to Ireland more frequently. Swedish plays come to Ireland, and vice versa. Because uh, who is the great presenter in uh, presenter in this country of that, or in this in this landmass of this, is, is Robert Lepage, who can, who now produces pieces of theatre that have both French titles or subtitles, and so you have a bit of Canada and a bit of uh, often a bit of jip- Japanese and a bit of Chinese all thrown into the same evening, and you feel that you're plugged into uh, the, you're plugged into a much more international culture. It's
5: very exciting. Uh-huh. Well, uh, no. I, 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 w- I want to add something. Please. I think that the, uh, um, we should not say that the Chinese is a kind of a one very sim- simple idea and the Chinese people need to be, say, kind of particularly or educated, something like that. I don't think that's a correct vision. Mm. China is so big with the population so large, so any kind of people can can live there. And mm-hmm. so some people would love to have very traditional ones. Mm. Some people love to be educated. Some people would love to have very open-minded. Some people love to go to travel a lot and to have a kind of, as, as I mentioned, imported art forms or whatever. They wish to do the exchanges. Some people rather, you know, stay, stick to the uh, uh, traditions. So it's a, it's a kind of a very mixtured picture. And, and we are very pleased to have this kind of diverse. So mm-hmm. we say, we have a kind of uh, um, uh, uh, what is label or slogan is called "Let a hundred flowers bloom." It mm-hmm. say whatever the flower will you bloom just. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is, I think, it's a, a more uh, correct picture of China is now. It's so uh, big and diverse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the diversity is in, in for instance, is there as much diversity in theater, let us say, in uh, the provinces like uh, in Xi'an or out in. Uh, Chongqing or places like that, as there are, let's say, in Shanghai or Beijing or places like yeah, that. Yeah,
5: in the, in the cities like Beijing, Shanghai, they are, they have more exposures to the outside, so they have uh, much more diverse uh, culture than say in the uh, cities which which still have something, but uh, not as m- as many as uh, in the coastal areas. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, now and, uh, and
5: also as you mentioned that uh, since nineteen seventies or eighties there is a big change, a shift. So further away to a more diverse, more open culture. And, and, and we are proud of that. Yes, and so say, for instance, uh, not long ago, we have uh, uh, many study groups coming to the United States to study the musicals as Mr. Met them, and and them. It is not that they, they, they wish to use the musicals to replace the traditional plays. Mm. But they just want to have more art forms to, uh, they say, to entertain the, the, the audience. Mm-hmm. And also, we have another problem which, is, uh, which existed is, uh, is a kind of uh, uh, related to market. Uh, nowadays, uh, because of the market economy, so uh, we have a kind of uh, difficulties to overcome. It's not is not as a uh, political problems or some this kind of difficulty, but the difficulty that how those artists are performing arts themselves, the theaters can survive in the market. Yeah. Different mm. kinds of things. They yeah. they have the same. Problem. Well, of
2: course, also in China, your training, <laughs> I mean, from the beyond the traditional, uh, I guess up until 1949, uh, many Chinese theater actors and directors. Uh, came to the United States and learned at the Yale School of Drama mm-hmm. and uh, between 1949 and say in 1956 at the Stanislavski Institute mm. in lots of them. yes and then subsequently the Theater Academy in Beijing mm. was training out of both those mm. traditions mm. in the uh, if, if 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 you will the uh, the less traditional dramas which is interesting that those kind of influences mm-hmm. the western training mm. have pervaded in the tra- in the the standard drama in, in China today. Mm. I think mm. that continues. Mm. Is that true?
0: Mm.
5: Nowadays, we have more inferences from different directions. Mm. Right,
1: right. Good. You're, uh, you're, you're yeah. um, early on, Marita made some mention of something that I, I'd love to hear everybody talk about. She spoke of the training of audiences and how you bring young people into the theatre. Uh, I'm assuming that's commercial theatre?
4: Well I, I think we can go back to the late 50s when Ingmar Bergman came and became the director of the Royal Dramatic Theater in Stockholm and said where are we going to get our audiences from what? to to see the uh, well call it the, the important drama not not to sort of have them just go to sh- Chicago the movie <laughs> or uh, but that they ha- would have this desire to go and, li- and see live drama. And he started uh, to work with the school systems in Stockholm. And uh, then, I think, it, it spread. Many, many of the uh, major theatres around the country invited s- – uh, first of all, they invited, of course, the school children to come in there, but they invited the artists to write for them. And that was so extraordinary. It, we have a remarkable. I mean, this go- and this is not just Sweden, <laughs> Denmark, Norway, Finland, Iceland. A remarkable uh, repertory of plays for young children dealing with all the you know li- life when you lose a, d- the death of a parent, uh, divorce, all of the issues that they, they would be interested in. and they. There they are, and they are enjoying it. And I think it, it, it's important for many reasons. They get something from what they are seeing, but they also get inspired to continue to come to the theater. We're are going you to uh, take a, k- a
2: quick um, a pause and come back to that because I want to find out, uh, pick up on that in in, uh, in Russia. At uh, least your uh, experience in, in different cultures mm-hmm. all, all around. That's a very important. one. we're going to take a pause, come back, answer some <laughs> questions, and. Uh, We'll be back
1: in a minute. Before we get back to the American Theatre Wing's Working in the Theatre Seminar on World Theatre, I'd like to remind you that these seminars are only one of the many year-round programs that the American Theatre Wing undertakes. You're probably familiar with the American Theatre Wing's Tony Award, which uh, are given out for excellence in the Broadway Theatre. We also have an important grants program providing aid to off- and off-Broadway theatres as well as a scholarship program that assists promising students to pursue studies in the theater arts. As a long-established charity dating back to World War I and World War II and our famous stage door canteen, all of our programs are designed to reward and promote excellence in the theater, to introduce young people and their families to the theater and the magic it unfolds. We take pride in the work we do and remain grateful to all our members and everyone whose contributions help make possible the dynamic programs of the American theatre. We're pleased to be a part of this exciting industry. And now, let's get back to that wonderful panel on world theatre, and now our moderator, George White. Thank you, Roy. (laughs) Uh,
2: I want to pick up where we left off about training audiences, which, uh, of course, (coughs) is the future of all our theatres, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, the live theatre. And uh, Marita, you talked about Sweden. Fiona, what do you know about uh, – how is it done in Ireland and, you know, England or Australia? Are you up on, on that? How, how do you bring young people into the theatre?
3: It's a very interesting phenomenon, because you don't want to train them to uh, – people don't want to feel that they're being coerced into anything. But I do think that when you mention earlier film, uh, this great film, Chicago, that everybody's excited about, or indeed the great musicals, that they are training audiences to enjoy watching um, a a story that unfolds, that always ends happily, and that always has certain emotional buttons that press the audience and they react accordingly. Now, you could be training the audience to go on going to musicals, or you could be saying, we need to train audiences to go to the theatre with a much more um, morally fluid eye so that they decide what they watch on the theatre. They're, they do not have their buttons pressed, but they choose where the buttons are being pressed in their own lives. And so I do think there's two different types of audiences at the moment. And the movies have absolutely taken the audience, because they've, with, with great aplomb sledgehammered our imaginations into watching these giant dreamscapes. <laughs> and musicals, in part, do the same. They use very powerful sound, music which is so basic and atavistic in our systems. but. The the theatre I think we're talking about, which is a theatre about this element of cultural preoccupation, is a much more uh, delicate animal to to train audiences towards, um, in a time when we all work too hard, and so we want a bit of leisure in our leisure time. We have to want to know more than we already know we have to want to ask questions about whether we're right to feel happy or unhappy, or whether our unhappiness has any other reply in the universe. And these are questions that we're being, by governments actually, orientated away from. We're asking ourselves only, do you feel okay? Have you got enough money in your pocket? Have a good time. But in fact, of course, there are all sorts of Odd areas around the edges of our existence that, that, that need to be replied to, and the theater is a wonderful place for applying to them. But we have to want to go. So I don't know how we train, the th- except to take children I and mean, make children go, and so they have a habit. We're a habit mm-hmm. for me.
2: Indeed, well, well, of course, um, as, as, and I pick up on what uh, Anatoly said too about uh, Stanislavsky and saying spiritual, because in, in many ways, and this may not be true, or it may, I don't know, in, in China, but so much of our theater over the years has grown out of the church going way back to medieval times for uh, for uh, fulfilling a particular kind of spiritual function perhaps
3: yes what well, i mean or the greeks who who went to the theater exactly. to find out what they really meant by anything what do they mean by the gods what do they mean by right and wrong How, what do they mean by traditions. punishment these are very the, they weren't going with any i'm sure they went and had a great time but they went to see stories from which they could conclude moral values. Um, well, Medea. And Medea, absolutely, is about, you know, whether, whether you can judge people or whether in a pre-judging, pre-Christian world, you're not really judging, you're just accepting what the person does and sees them take the consequence of action. And you know, we've been very much uh, uh, hijacked by, by a leisure culture that really doesn't ask us to do that in the theatre very much now. Or we find it gloomy when we are asked to do it. It needn't be gloomy, of course. It could be terribly exciting. But we do have to, we have to want to go there with a, a mental muscle. And I'm sure that's the same in China or Sweden or Russia. True. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
4: Absolutely. I, think, I mean,
0: uh, picking up on, on what you're saying about it connecting to uh, a young person's life. I think there has to be ways in which the theatre. Uh, S- speaks to them. So I was interested in what you're saying that there is a, a literature developed for young audiences. In this program, Literature to Life, that I've been working on, we are in a sense developing through uh, not through dramatic, you know, asking playwrights, but through pulling from novels, mm-hmm. um, but a literature that is speaking directly to o- an audience of young people. And it's amazing because it, you would think that. that uh, this is stripped down, no very little set, minimal light, um, that an audience of high school students would not be silent and attentive to uh, basically a monologue or a dialogue for a period of over an hour. And they are wrapped. They are still and wrapped, if it's coming from a very truthful place in the actors. And one of the most It's one of the most challenging audiences to work for because they will immediately um, sense uh, sense the iota of falseness, and a walkman has gone back on, or you know, there's distraction in the room. But if you are telling a story that is very connected to um, to life, and you're doing it in an honest way, it's very, very powerful. So I have tremendous. Uh, optimism about um, I- about young audiences, but one has to be dedicated, and there are lots of arts, various different forms of arts in uh, in education programs in the United States, which I think are probably some of the most exciting theater that's happening, um, and uh, that you have to uh, be very, very dedicated to um, bringing audiences or bringing the the. You know these pieces out into schools.
2: So um, okay, that's true. Valeri, uh, <laughs> About the Meyerholt Center, how? What is your approach to younger audience uh, or or uh, training Ka-pou, your uh, young people in, no, yeah, you in Meyerhold Center? And in general, in general and in maybe tell you too, but uh, told you, but but uh, particularly how your approach is because you're
6: doing so much at the Maros center. Дело в uh,
0: We're working in a new uh, wonderful building in the past 2 years.
6: It's one of the, the, the in terms of
0: its scenic possibilities one of the best stages in Moscow.
6: It's an idea of
0: based on an idea of Meyerhold.
6: It's uh,
0: located on the 6th floor.
6: И пол может опускаться вниз на пятый этаж, таким образом выстраивать любое пространство. And the
0: floor can uh, can sink down to the fifth floor, so you, and and uh, you can create any uh, theatrical space. А uh, Часть
6: потолка может открыться.
0: And part of the roof can open.
6: И можно начать спектакль при дневном свете и перейти на электрический. And you can,
0: start, uh, you can start the the production in daylight and then go into electrical light. Ну,
6: э, это, это не театр, это, это, это центр, центральный
0: культурный центр.
6: И поэтому мы работаем по разным направлениям.
0: И поэтому
6: мы работаем по разным
0: направлениям. И поэтому
6: мы возможность дать им шанс для того чтобы они И учились, И попробовали себя. To,
0: uh, to study and then to, to, to um, sort of give birth within themselves to their, their directing
6: uh, В этом So this
0: year we took a, a, a graduate course in conjunction with the, the Moscow Art Theater School
6: Таким образом как бы соединили уже so
0: Stanislavsky and Meyerhold.
6: Uh, mm-hmm. Кроме этого мы проводим гастроли, фестивали, and делаем спектакли.
0: So we, are, we also conduct tours and, lectures, and festivals, and lectures, um, also uh, productions, masterclasses. У нас
6: очень много молодежи.
0: we have a lot of young people. Главная
6: аудитория mm-hmm. это молодые.
0: And our, I'd say the, the bulk of our uh, auditorium is is young people.
6: Я думаю, что дело не в том, что они хотят учиться, им это интересно.
0: It's people. not just that they want to study, and it's it's interesting.
6: Но всё-таки, э, мне кажется, надо противостоять развлечению, раз- противостоять коммерческому
0: театру pure entertainment.
6: Это очень тяжело.
0: And that's hard.
6: Но надо это делать.
0: But you have to do it.
6: Потому что нужно отстаивать эти рубежи за всех сил.
0: So you have to stand up with these boundaries, rubizhi.
6: How do you do that? How do you do
2: that?
0: With all your strength. Как?
6: очень просто. Для меня, например, очень просто.
0: It's very simple for me.
6: Неважно, Нет, молодые люди всегда интересуются чем-то в России, вообще всё равно существует, как бы не говорил Анатолий. О любви к, к мюзиклам у некоторой части населения.
0: Uh, the, in, in Russia there is a love for musicals in a, сегодня,
6: сегодня.
0: in a portion of. the population. Но в России
6: очень сильная театральная традиция.
0: But in Russia there is a very deep, uh, strong theater tradition.
6: Очень сильная Very
0: традиция. strong.
6: И поэтому все равно and люди all the same. театры переполнены.
0: And the theaters are full.
6: Это тоже плохо. And that's also
0: bad. also bad.
6: Потому что пони- уже there's you can
0: un- are in unintelligible because люди, uh, people will go to anything.
6: Так тоже не может
0: быть? Вообще, идеал всегда посередине. The the ideal is the, is somewhere in the middle. Потому что это тоже перекос. А я это wonderful problem
3: Очень хорошая
0: проблема. Это так кажется, что. Это так. Но на самом
3: деле она тоже очень
0: сложная.
6: Когда люди говорят, что это хорошо,
0: это хорошо, доской все хорошо. А ты понимаешь, что это ужасно. Это надо закрыть, забыть. А говорят
1: хорошо, смотрите, газеты написали. And, and the,
0: the, the papers are saying it's wonderful. Yeah. it is wonderful. Is
1: wonderful. It's is wonderful.
6: It's is it perhaps it is wonderful. и хорошо. но для меня плохо, потому It's maybe for them that's good, but for me, it's not.
0: I think uh, uh, educating a young audience начинается все таки с того чтобы его заинтересовать to interest them,
6: но заинтересовать не подлаживаясь под него
0: not, uh, sort of looking down to them, or, не пытаясь его развлечь and not to entertain
6: а пытаюсь все-таки говорить с ним о серьезных вещах to talk about serious things потому что любой человек все равно because
0: any person
6: Молодой, не молодой. Young, не If he's смерти. not an idiot, he feels
0: that he's alone, he's scared if of death, he's... Это a... normal. normal.
6: And through that,
0: you have to go.
6: And but there are many different books
0: on the bookshelf. Chicago. Chicago <laughs> can be there, too. <laughs> <Yeah.
7: laughs> uh, I am in charge of Chicago. Uh, <laughs> uh, to answer the same question, uh, you know, I have very probably strange experience of my life, because I spent eight years of my uh, life, in the beginning of my theatrical life, In the theater for the youth, because as you know, in the Soviet Union, we had a special system of the theater, like China, they imitated us. Uh, Every big city, theater for the youth, because strong propaganda, ideology, you have to teach people, you have to educate people. And when I hear to educate people, I immediately, you know, like that, (laughs) because I hate it. I hated, I had experience with that, eight years, when they brought to the theatre of the, of the youth. If they are kids like seven, eight years that time, it's okay, because they are ready for everything. You know, fair tale and so on. But when they are teenagers, which is the most important time, because as a teenager, I don't believe, I don't trust, I would like to touch myself, I would like to know and so on. Try to convince that audience with the communist ideology, with the capitalist, they want to know. And in the Soviet time, what was it? You know, they brought audience of homogeneous, you know, strata, age, from 12 to 15. And they obliged us in the theater to do a special production for the young children, for the teenagers, and so on and so on. And we did it for many, many years. And I hate it because, you know what? When you have audience from 12 to 15 and you, will, and you want to educate them, it's a hell. They hate you. And every performance was a battle between <laughs> stage and audience. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing I had. I had another horrible and beautiful experience. I was working five years for the theater, the biggest Russian f- Soviet theater. Theater of the Soviet Army. Oh, 2,000 people, the biggest audience, it's constructed under Stalin, the tanks and, you know, everything on stage. Battles of 400 people and so on, the Soviet army, great you thought. Very often they brought soldiers, 2,000 soldiers, trying to educate them, beautiful people, peasants, you know, from now soldiers. And what they did in the great educational period, that's the, my point. They brought 2,000 soldiers to the theater of the Soviet army with 99 columns where you are immediately miserable and you have to feel miserable against the 99, you know, ancient Greek columns. By the way, Greeks also were wrong when they... <laughs> 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 you know, Greek Greek theater, educational stuff, uh, moral... Yes, yes, they did not allow slaves to be there. They did not allow women to be there. Mm. So it's not, you know, just ideal theater. Did not allow half of the nation to be there. Okay, I love Greek theater, and I'm going to <laughs> see the video today with Valenio. Because I really love So what happened, they brought 2,000 soldiers, and they told them, guys, behave well in a theater. Yeah. Don't, you know, make noise? Don't you know, laugh? Don't you know, be angry? In five minutes, eight eighteen hundred of them were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two hundreds were coughing. Because soldiers <laughs> are there have the flu. They sh- every time ever have the flu. And they are coughing. <laughs> and the guys of the military rank, you know, a bit a little bit higher. They were walking into the or in the aisle, mm-hmm. say,
0: Steve, coffee!
7: <laughs> That's the education, you know. And <laughs> after okay. that I hate even the word of education in the (laughs) theatre because (laughs) life is the great educator. They are coming to the theatre with, on the show. You know, when Moscow Art Theatre started, from what point they they did ask the actors, from where you are coming on stage? And they did say, from the wings. From the wings. The answer was, no, you should come from life with the burden on your shoulders. That's the real theatre starts. And that's the whole education. If you bring real life, see, moments of a real, you know, stuff, spontaneous courage and all, that's theatre. Because I giv- gave you a quote of, you know, 1919. The same quote from Stanislavski. Uh, <laughs> he was teaching at the Bolshoi Theatre in 1920 and for the singers. And one of them, uh, she wrote down all of his stuff, and they, it was published. It's a very strange question was among the young singers of the Bolshoi, Bolshoi Theatre to Stanislavsky. If, you, if, you if we would ask you to give the f- just few words about what is the ideal theatre for you? Just few words, a sentence. And after a pause, he says, I will give you four words what is the real theater for me after half of a century of experience. Those four words. Simpler, higher, lighter, and more joyful. You understand? It doesn't look like Stanislavski. But this is a combination of a great thing, simpler. That's the education, lighter at the, the same, same time, and more joyful.
1: That's about Chicago. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't really mean to uh, get into such an esoteric discussion. What I was simply wondering is, uh, the American Theatre Wing is, uh, does a lot to uh, educate uh, and uh, expand audiences as best we can. Uh, but I'm looking at it from a commercial point of view. I'm saying, I'm wondering today, our ticket prices are as high as $100 in, in New York City, and nearly that around the country. That by itself seems to exclude the young people, who don't even pay that much for rock concerts, and those fixed, the elderly people or people who are older who are on fixed incomes, they're excluded from being able to go to the theater regularly mm-hmm. as they used to do. And I'm wondering, if, what's that like around the, around the country? It costs us, now, uh, I think the analogy is 10 times, you can see 10 films mm. for the cost of going to a Broadway show. Mm. And it, the ratio is mm. a little less as you go out of the city in it off Broadway and into off, off-Broadway and uh, off-off-Broadway. Those same people want to go to the theater. They've been educated one way or the other <laughs> as one of your people. But they can't afford to do it in this country. It's a big problem for us. I'm wondering how that works I- I- around the world. Do we yeah. have the same problems elsewhere? In well, the commercial. Trans- yeah, that's a good point. What is the cost
2: in China for instance <laughs> of a ticket in Beijing? Uh, or China? It, it
5: depends. On, it depends on what kind of shows. Well, let's say a
2: traditional S- drama.
5: Traditional drama tend to be say 50 yuan. Which
2: would uh, be divided
5: by 8, that would be $1 dollar, equals 8 Chinese yuan. So and regular
2: <laughs> drama. <coughs> right.
5: Western yeah, Britain. about uh, approximately the same price from 50 to say 200, that's the normal price. But for good shows, there will be 2,000 US dollars even. Like three tenors uh, last year, like the uh, Toronto the, um, um, 19. How much 99. in China,
6: for Toronto to see? For Turandot,
5: the, 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 the most expensive seat costed 2,000 yuan, US yeah, 2,000 dollars, US dollars. What? US? US, 2,000? Yes. Oh, yeah. Then you get it? People buy that? Yeah. Um, well, no, probably not long. many Chinese yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I bought Businessmen from other places. $2,000 for they? a ticket? No. Yes. Uh, 2000 I mean, that's dollars? the extreme. That's like the, extreme. the most expensive uh, block of the seats. I mean. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> just give you some idea that how varied the tickets can sure. be, sure. yeah, it can mm-hmm. be just mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. dollars, it can be just a, a few thousand dollars, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it depends on what kind of shows. The same problem existed in China as well, like the, uh, how to draw the audience back to the theatres. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, most of you. It's a, it's a globalization problem, I think, that, uh, with the TV, with the movie, to compete uh, with the theatres.
2: Well, um, what about what about Sweden? Don't you have a you have a r- reasonable <coughs> price? I mean, like the the dollar bill.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I would say that mm-hmm. uh, we can. No, uh, th- of the theater is subsidized, mm-hmm. so therefore the tickets are reasonably. But uh, we can also go and see what we would call Broadway uh, theatre. Many of those exist as well, but but I'm sure that uh, for. Young audiences. You have group sales. They uh, they arrange for them to come into the theaters. The m- municipal theater in Stockholm is uh, uh, really caters to groups of uh, of uh, young people coming in there. And, uh, What's
2: the uh, equivalent cost of say in dollars, roughly?
4: I would say for five dollars you would see a a good play. In a film?
3: A In How much would a film be?
4: Oh, I think it's That's about the same, it could be odd. more.
1: Films could be more it expensive be more, than yes. to a play? Yes. In all the Nordic countries?
4: I'm more familiar now with Sweden mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. others, but I, th- I think so. Of course, everything is so different, I think. Uh, the, the little Nordic countries, they have uh, uh, they have established whole other way, I think, of looking at uh, theatre and film and so on. (laughs) And they have a a huge – let's take Iceland. I don't know how many amateur theatre companies there are. Uh, It's just part of being, to be part of theatre, to seek it out, to be then be on stage, but also uh, to seek it out and go. Mm-hmm. Finland, with all its music, with all its opera, I mean, it just is part of uh, the psyche, in a way. And uh, I would say, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, uh, people go to the theatre. That's, a p- that's part of their life, I w- think. Like well,
2: in, in so many societies <laughs> uh, abroad, uh, theatre is would be the equivalent in the United States of sports. Yes. Sporting events. People go, they don't spend as much lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh that's
2: But that's just part of life and part of the, the society, it's built into the fabric yes. of the society, not but special.
4: Is uh, that what you're saying? D- d- yeah, I- exactly. <laughs> that's that's uh, how I feel. Uh, that at least that's my experience. Now, maybe I'm uh, glamorizing a little bit because I've been away so long, but <laughs> I, 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 I hope I'm right here yeah, and th- that so it that really hasn't sure. totally turned well, well, I think also I know in, in Russia, for instance,
2: hello, uh, the Russian Chicago. I know was up to with uh, uh, <laughs> Why uh, with, with, with Chicago. <laughs> uh, <than laughs> you know. No, but I'm, I'm talking about about uh, the, the you know I know that there that was 200 U.S. dollars to go uh, to uh, uh, to that show. But also you have two prices in in Russia too. You have Western, pr- I mean, p- tourist prices. Uh, for the Bolshoi, and I, th- I don't know whether it's true. They about
7: eliminated it. it now. It's one price for everyone, and they, they are getting uh, big income now. The Bolshoi theatre, they are getting $75,000 for the ballet, uh, the Lebedina, the swam, Swan Lake, because the prices are now the same uh, for foreigners. It's a subsidized,
2: state-subsidized state subsidized theatre, by the way. But they're getting $75 now. When did this go out of business? To it's changed? Change? Yes, it's changed? Th- yes. They
7: changed the management of Bolshoi theatre. And they started uh, selling uh, the box office uh, real prices, because it was uh, actually black market. There a lot of uh, scalpers around Bolshoi selling, you know, seventy-five, hundred dollars but the uh, real price was uh, $5. Mm-hmm. So and the profit uh, went to the management of Bolshoi theatre,
2: mostly. <laughs> what about what about Mahat? Uh, sorry. sorry, Moscow Art. What about the Moscow Art? Moscow Art. Do you have two price structures there or just one? no? Uh,
7: no. Uh, you know, now it's also new policy because we have new artistic director. You know him very well, Oleg Tabakov. Mm. He's a great comedian actor, and he doesn't like any empty space uh, in the <laughs> there. <laughs> when he see one seat empty, he became angry because he's a comedian. You know, what is one seat is there? You know, empty. And uh, we have some, uh, some shows which are very commercial, and uh, we are ch- w- the admission is very high, $100, which is unbelievable in Russia. Even in Stanislavski's time, Moscow art Theatre was the most expensive theatre in the country, you should know. It was a private theatre without any state subsidy. And it was very, very uh, high admission. That's why they changed the name of the theatre. As you know, probably they started as Moscow Art Accessible (laughs) for the (laughs) world's (laughs) Theatre. And then they cut (laughs) accessible. You should understand it. Moscow Art Theatre is a logo, but it was Moscow Art Accessible. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I would say now it's also not Moscow Art Theatre accessible, very accessible. (laughs) But some of the things are very cheap. The point is, this is the politics. This is the things where the city and the country should be involved really, not in education, but in the regulation of – look, all of the theatre buildings in Moscow, mostly, 99%, are state property.
1: And that's why the the tickets could be cheap, quite cheap, because they don't pay rent. I'm sorry, but you know, airtime is also expensive. (laughs) And I'm afraid afraid we're going to have to bring this to a close. Uh, I really want to thank uh, George White for uh, his moderating this wonderful, wonderful, pal- uh, talented uh, uh, c- c- panel that we have here today. We appreciate your sharing your knowledge with us and your experience. And uh, just to let you know that uh, we'd love to have you back very soon. This has been a, uh, an American Theatre Wing seminar on working in the theater, coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Thank you. I right, <laughs> <laughs>